0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We're here with Wharton professor Itai Goldstein, who's uh, going to talk about his paper uh, on the financial markets called The Incentives for Information Production in Markets Where Prices Affect Real Investment. Welcome, Professor.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: So tell us about your paper.
1: Okay, uh, so uh, let let me maybe uh, start by taking a step back and connecting it to the whole research agenda because this paper is really part of a group of papers that I've been working on in the last decade or so. And as the title of this paper uh, suggests, what I'm interested in is financial markets that have an effect on the real side of the economy that have an effect on real investment or other decisions on the real side uh, of, the, of the economy. Uh, and in order to understand why uh, this research is needed, why it's important, I should note that the traditional paradigm in finance is to think about the financial market a little bit like a sideshow. Um, people uh, study uh, how uh, prices form, how they reflect uh, information, uh, how asset prices are generated in equilibrium. Um, But usually, uh, the financial market is there and is affected by the cash flows of the firm, by what the firm is doing. But there is no feedback effect. The financial market does not affect what the firm will do. And what I have been trying to do in a series of papers, and this is the last one uh, so far, out of this series, is uh, to break this paradigm and think about a world where the financial market does not only reflect what firms are doing, but also affect what firms are doing. Uh, Because at the end of the day, when you think about it, uh, there are many traders in financial markets who spend a lot of time, energy, money, effort. In order to make a profit, they produce information, uh, they trade on the information, their information gets reflected in prices. And it is all, only natural to believe that then decision makers in the real side of the economy, firm managers, uh, creditors, regulators, directors, employees, customers, and so on, they will take note of what prices tell them of the information in the price and then uh, act according uh, to the information in the price, okay? Okay. A very practical example. So let's say that uh, you are a CEO of a large company and you just announce that you are going to conduct uh, a new investment. Uh, you can think about maybe a merger and acquisition or just an investment in a new plant, in a new line of, of product. Uh, you announce that to the market and the next day uh, your stock price decreases. What are you going to do? Probably as a CEO who is tuned to the market and realizes that there is some information in the market that he can benefit from, uh, you might reconsider the decision and maybe cancel it, and this is the kind of channel that I'm uh, looking into: how information in prices affects real decisions, uh, and in turn, these real decisions are also reflected in the information in prices. And so, we really have a feedback loop where everything is is co-determined. Okay, so this is the sort of general uh, background of the whole uh, research uh, theme and again, maybe I will come back to it uh, a bit later to to relate more to uh, some of the other things that I've done. What this paper in particular is doing is to think about the incentive for information production when people know that that, that their information is going to affect firm decisions and as a result, uh, firm cash flows and and firm values. And basically what we show is that uh, once one considers uh, these uh, decisions to produce information, then there is a, an amplification effect that makes uh, shocks much larger in equilibrium. But I will elaborate more on this in response to your other questions.
0: So can you tell us more about your key takeaways? I think you started to alluding to it right. in, uh, in your answer.
1: Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so in, in this model, we have um, a couple of uh, key uh, takeaways. Um, First of all, what we note is that speculators in financial markets are more likely to produce information when they think that investments are going to be undertaken, okay? Uh, Again, going back to my example before, let's say that the CEO announced that they are considering doing an investment. Now, speculators will have to start producing information and trade on the information, Clearly for them, if they think that this investment is not going to be undertaken, there is no reason to produce information because then the information becomes obsolete. So they will be more likely to produce information when investments are actually likely to be undertaken, to be pursued uh, to the final line. Um, so that that is uh, one uh, effect that happens in our model. The more interesting thing that happens as a result of that is that there is an amplification effect of uh, profitability on firm value. And this basically has uh, two layers. One layer is the layer that I just mentioned. When investment opportunities are more likely to be undertaken, then there will be more information. So by and large, in good times, when investments are more likely to happen, there will be more information in financial markets. That's the first layer. The second layer is that information in financial markets increases the value of firms because when there is more information in financial markets, Managers, directors, employees, and so on can make more informed decisions, which will increase the value of the firm. So take these two layers together. One, in good times, there will be more information produced. Two, when there is more information produced, firms benefit from it. Essentially, what you get is you get this amplification effect. As as we move from bad times to good times, Not only do we have the direct effect of just having a better time, but on top of it, as we move from bad times to good times, there will be more information that will assist us to even make better decisions and our value will increase even more.
0: Just as an aside, Professor, um, can you give us some uh, examples in the real world about what this information in stock prices you're talking about?
1: Right, yes, absolutely. Um, So what kind of information uh, could managers, for example, glean uh, from the stock market? Um, So let's say that a firm just announces that they want to acquire another firm. Okay. Um, Once they do that, typically what speculators do is they start – thinking, collecting information, and trading on information on whether they think this acquisition is a good idea. Uh, There is past research that has shown that uh, the information in the stock market is indeed indicative as to whether acquisitions are going to succeed or not, okay? So the market kind of figures it out, okay? This is, you know, going back to the efficient market hypothesis. People in the market collect information and figure out things, Um, which uh, can guide real decisions. So again, so uh, the firm announces an acquisition. People in the market now start studying this acquisition, and they will trade based on whether they think it's a good idea or not. So now people say concluded that the acquisition is not such a good idea. What will they do? They will start selling the stock. If they sell the stock, the price goes down. Now, the manager looks at the stock price and he says, "I just announced an acquisition, and the price went down. Maybe the market doesn't think it's a good idea At this point, the manager will probably say, "Well, you know, yes, I did my own analysis, and we sort of ran our own simulations and projections and so on, but the market doesn't think it's a good idea, so maybe we should abandon it uh, so that's the kind of information that I have in mind Now, the acquisition is is really just one example; it can be anything else. it can be a firm. Uh, just announced that they are going to open a new plant in another country. Okay, they do a press uh, release that they are going to do this, and and now the market reacts. If the market reacts negatively, they might consider uh, their decision and decide uh, to cancel it.
0: Were there any conclusions that surprised you when you were doing your research?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I would say that uh, you know this amplification effect that I highlighted uh, a couple minutes ago. Uh, is really not something that I expected uh, going into it, and I thought this was really a very interesting result that comes out of basic primitives of financial uh, analysis. The idea that when the fundamentals of the firm improve, there will be now more information, and when there is more information, the firm will improve further. So any change in fundamentals will be amplified along this line. What surprised me the most was the fact that we found that this effect can be really quite large, uh, and there can be uh, sort of a turning point where all of a sudden information completely dries out of the market, and as a result, uh, the volume of investments will decrease dramatically, and uh, the value of the firm uh, will decrease dramatically. So, so there is the, the amplification. Uh, in, at some points can be really quite significant. And maybe this is the thing that uh, surprised me uh, the most. I, sh- I should say that there is a lot of research in uh, macroeconomics and finance that is trying to understand amplification in financial markets. Uh, because many people who observe financial markets and study them they have this impression that things are amplified. A small shock in fundamental can lead to big consequences in terms of asset prices, firms' investments, and things like that. Uh, and there have been a few mechanisms that that, that have been uh, proposed and, and studied and tested along these lines. Um, what was interesting to me is that uh, we can really uh, – suggest a completely new uh, mechanism that will generate this kind of amplification. And this new mechanism completely builds on the information that is coming from the financial market. So once we believe that the financial market has some useful information for real investment decisions, then this amplification will naturally uh, follow.
0: So what are some practical implications of your findings?
1: Okay, so in thinking about the practical implications, I can think about different audiences. I can think about uh, traders in financial markets. I can think about firm managers, and I can think about regulators and governments. Uh, Maybe I will address them one by one. So thinking about traders in the financial market, I would say it's very important for them to take account of the fact that the way that they trade and the resulting effects on prices – do not end in the financial market, but rather spill over to the real economy because when prices go down, people get more pessimistic, invest less, real value of the firm could decrease and as a result it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling belief. So big hedge fund managers and uh, mutual fund managers and other big speculators should take note of the fact that they also have an effect on what the firm will end up doing. It's not just that they are trading in order to make a profit. Uh, Thinking about um, firm managers, I think they should really uh, be aware of the fact that there is information in the price for them to to learn from. And uh, when they make a decision, uh, they would like to uh, take a look at the market reaction and see what the market is telling them. All of us are looking for feedback in all the things that we are doing, and firm managers are not different in that regard. So when they are contemplating a decision, there's a lot of useful information for them to take into account uh, coming from the market. And you know understanding these uh, uh, theoretical results that we uh, derive is really important to understand the nature of this information, how much you should rely on it, how reliable it is, and so on. Finally, thinking about uh, regulators, Um, regulators are constantly worried about market volatility, the fact that asset prices are moving up and down, sometimes with no apparent uh, reason based on fundamentals. Uh, I think really what they should focus on is not just the market itself, but the real effect of the market, the fact that the market then spills over to firms' decisions and to the real economy. And we describe it here, and uh, I think uh, the equilibrium mechanism that that we describe is something that would be useful for them in understanding how important it is to control uh, the stock market and how important it is to watch the consequences uh, for uh, for the real economy. I would say in this context, we highlighted in a different paper that uh, putting restrictions on short sales could make sense uh, because – uh, short sales could lead to some manipulation of stock prices uh, that reduce real investment. And so there is sort of some importance in putting restrictions on them as regulators did in 2008. And this is an issue that is constantly constantly being debated and uh, argued uh, upon. Um, so I would say, you know, for these three audiences, these are the, the practical implications that we have.
0: So what sets your research apart from prior work in this area.
1: Right. Yes. Um, So, as I said, I think the traditional paradigm in in finance is really to think about the stock market as a sideshow, to say, we want to understand asset prices. uh, We want to understand what determines the price, how it is affected by risk, how it is affected by information. But there is no attempt to think about the spillover from the price to the fundamentals. So relative to the traditional paradigm, I think really what we are bringing is this idea that the market does not only reflect what happens at the firm, but also affects it. And as a result, there is really a very intricate uh, feedback loop between the market and the real economy. As I said, I have done several pieces of work along these lines in the last decade or so, and there are other people who have worked on this too. I think what we do in this particular uh, article Uh, that that is new is to think more about the incentives of speculators in the financial market to produce information how this incentive is affected by the feedback loop between the financial market and the real economy and how this can generate this amplification mechanism so by and large um, previous works that took into account the feedback effect from the financial market to the real economy kind of took the information in the financial market as given. There are people out there who are informed. They will trade. This will have a real effect. What we do here is to take a step back and say, wait a minute, how come that they are informed? They have to make a decision to produce the information. Again, going back to my example, a firm announces an acquisition, then people in the financial market have to make a decision. Are we going to now produce information about it that will enable us to trade, or will we just leave it aside and... Uh, focus on something else. Uh, so I think thinking about this active decision of participants in the financial market to investigate, to produce the information is important. And this is what we highlight in this in this research. And again, this is really the key behind the amplification mechanism.
0: So what will you do to follow up on this research?
1: Right. Um, so as I mentioned, this is a line of work that I've been doing in the last 10 years or so. Uh, And I continuously uh, think about other things that come as a result of this feedback effect of uh, financial markets. One thing that I think we really need uh, more of is uh, to connect uh, these mechanisms a bit more to the data and get direct empirical evidence uh, that this kind of amplification uh, could be at, at work. Uh, So the the research that that I described uh, so far is uh, theoretical in the sense that it's a a model of the financial market and we try to kind of simulate what will happen in the real world based on this model. Um, But connecting it to the data and obtaining direct empirical evidence that this kind of amplification mechanism uh, has happened uh, would certainly be something that I would be interested in doing. I should note that I have done empirical work on this before to show some elements of this feedback mechanism, for example, establishing that managers indeed learn from the stock price and uh, their decisions are affected by the stock price. But thinking more about uh, the fact that information is going to dry up leading to amplification and so on, empirically, this is certainly something that I would uh, like to do. Uh, Something else that I would like to do is continue to explore uh, theoretically What are the implications of the feedback loop between the financial market and the real economy? Again, uh, I cannot emphasize it too much that uh, really most of the research in finance has been under this idea that the financial market is a sideshow. And we are just really beginning to understand what are the implications of the fact that the financial market also affects the real economy. In this paper, we highlighted one consequence of it, uh, but there are other consequences of it. Uh, Maybe I will close with an example of another consequence of this real effect of financial markets uh, that is in one of my uh, later uh, papers, is the fact that once there is a real effect from the financial market to uh, real investment decisions, there is a tendency of speculators to trade on good news, but not to trade on bad news. Because let's say, again, going back to my example about a manager that announces an investment. If they think uh, this uh, investment is good, they have an incentive to trade on it. Then the manager will double down on the investment, the value of the firm will increase further, and then they can make a profit on their trading. But on the other hand, if they think this is bad news uh, and, and the investment is good, then they will trade, the price will go down, and then the investment will be canceled reducing the availability of profit opportunities and uh, they will not be able to make profit on it. So basically what we suggest is that there really will be this asymmetry in the type of information that is going to go into the market. People will trade more on positive information than on negative information. So maybe the market leads us to be overly optimistic as a result of that. And and this is also something that we explore in follow-up research.
0: So we look forward to hearing more about your future research, but thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Okay, thank you very much for having me.
0: For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.